Welcome to The Millionaire's Lawyer, where you'll hear leading professionals share expert advice on how to grow your business and sell it for maximum profitability. If you want to learn lawyer-proven strategies for building and exiting your business, then this is the podcast for you. Your host, J.P. McAvoy, is a business lawyer, college professor, and best-selling author who has been assisting clients start, grow, and sell their businesses for millions of dollars for over 15 years. Will yours be the next? Now here's your host, J.P. McAvoy. Welcome, podcast listeners. Thank you for tuning in to The Millionaire's Lawyer. We are happy to have on the show today, Nikki Barua. We'll get into what she does. She's a serial entrepreneur, typical of our guest on The Millionaire's Lawyer. She's an international keynote speaker and best-selling author in her own right. She's won numerous awards. We'll talk about what some of those are, what they mean, and what they have allowed her to do in her own business. Nikki, how are you today? Excellent. Thanks for having me, JP. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on. As mentioned, a serial entrepreneur, and you've been recognized as such and awarded as such. Tell the audience a little bit about some of the businesses that you've been involved with and you've launched over your long and fruitful career. Absolutely. Well, my story has been all about adapting to change and turning barriers into breakthroughs. You know, my entire journey has really been about that. And in that process of really learned the secret to not only anticipating what's coming, but quickly adapting to it and turning those obstacles into true business opportunities. And so my story, uh, you know, was uh, grew up in India as a young girl with big dreams, I really believed that America was where those dreams would come true. So Land of opportunity. Here. That's right. Absolutely. So I came here more than 20 years ago and you know, had no idea what I was going to do or how I was going to make it and did not fit the mold, but rose up in my corporate career, helped to build up businesses for large corporations and really saw that there was this pattern of the level of change happening so fast that companies were struggling to adapt to that. So one of my uh, businesses called Beyond Curious that was in the digital innovation space. And our tagline was, we make elephants run. Really help big companies adapt to change fast. That's great. Elephants run paints a great picture. Yeah, exactly. So helping very large companies become more innovative. And through that, achieved a lot of entrepreneurial success myself, won a ton of awards and recognition as a result of the awesome work that my team and I were able to do and the impact we were able to create for our clients. But from that platform and the visibility I got through you know, these awards and the recognition in the media, what became very apparent to me was how few women had risen up as fast and achieved the scale of success. And that became a much bigger passion and mission for me to say, how do you, what's holding back women from rising to the top, whether it's in the corporate career or the entrepreneurial career, and how do you remove those barriers and help them get to the top? So what I'm currently working on is a global marketplace that connects women to all the resources and coaching and the content and educational programs that they need in order to rise up in their careers faster. And you're using technology, I guess you've always been sort of an innovator, haven't you? Because you were doing that as we were teaching elephants to run and uh, innovating with the technology. And I, I know you're doing the same thing now. What are some of the ways that technology is advancing to allow anybody to get their message out, to get any business person uh, a foot up, as you say, running, running like an elephant or if maybe not right. an elephant if it's not a huge corporation, but you know, running, like a, uh, running like a wolf if you want. Well, the true power of technology is how it's evolving business models. Oftentimes we confuse the power of digital or technology with just about 
marketing, but that's a very small element of it, right? You can create funnels for building your business and use Facebook ads and all of that, but just that's just a marketing portion of it. The true power is fundamentally rethinking what the business model is about. So if you look at some of the best examples in our world today, Airbnb, for example, got bigger than Marriott in five years since it started, right? It took Marriott some 90 years to get to that size. And Airbnb was able to do that in just five years because it had a completely different business model. And I think what digital is doing is disrupting traditional models. So if you are in any kind of business, you have to think about how automation and artificial intelligence and marketplaces are going to change the nature of business. So yes, there's going to be a lot of disruption, a lot of businesses and jobs will go away, but it also creates massive opportunities. You know, so it's creating a new kind of world of haves and have nots where there are those that are inventing the future and those that are getting left behind. Yeah, absolutely. We see that regularly, different industries. What are some of the places that are going to lead or when you say these opportunities, where do you see some of the greatest opportunities? Well, the biggest opportunities are for the really bold, brave entrepreneurs that are able to see traditional industries and the rote work that's being done and being able to digitize that. I think that opportunity is massive. In the next three years, approximately 60% of the traditional work is going to get automated. Now, you're in the legal business. Think about the number of things that happen in the law profession that could be automated or done with artificial intelligence. There's going to be law firms that will still continue to practice the old way. And then there'll be lawyers and innovators that will look at their own profession and say, how could this be completely different? And essentially what happens is the work that robots can do will get automated and become more intelligent. But there are certain things that robots cannot do. Empathy, emotional intelligence, creativity, complex decision-making, that is what we will get valued for more as human beings. And we become more advisors and consultants and doing higher level work. And that's the real opportunity. So really kind of shifting, you asked about what is the opportunity? Well, the opportunity is twofold. One, where can uh, technology really automate things where you can massively scale up and create entirely new business models? Or how do you shift yourself into really, really high-end work that cannot get automated? Yeah. So that's, I think the key, isn't it? The the really high-end work, the real expertise, that that won't be automated. So we'll always have a skill set that's required. An expert will always be required. Although business people need to be very mindful of the reality that AI and machine learning and robots, perhaps in a manufacturing sense, are going to replace a lot of the mundane, a lot of the regular, and need to organize business accordingly, don't they? Absolutely. I, I think we have to be, as entrepreneurs, we have to disrupt ourselves before we get disrupted. I think any responsible entrepreneur needs to be looking at their industry, at their own business and saying, how could this completely get wiped out? And what can I do in order to get ahead of that curve? You know, the real talent now is becoming an agile learner, someone who's able to constantly learn new things, but more importantly, see around the corners. Because if you're looking straight ahead and saying, this is what I do, I'm top of my game, I'm crushing it, I'm, you know, building a seven, eight figure business, I'm safe. Not really, because there are things that, I mean, Amazon crushed a lot of very successful businesses literally overnight. So did Airbnb or Uber, right? So your ability to predict and anticipate what's coming and then your ability to learn so you can acquire new skills and new competencies and new business ideas is what will get you ahead. 
Yeah, really important to keep that in mind. Uh, you talk and you mentioned the need to learn. Obviously, in addition to listening to this podcast, where uh, would be ways when you would suggest that listeners might, in order to keep themselves at the, the razor's tip, at the edge of uh, where we are in terms of the materials that are available to allow us to predict the future, where would you point people to? What are some good sources for you as you do your own thinking? Yeah, and that's a great question. Um, you know, the need to stay ahead of the curve means that you have to constantly feed your mind and constantly stay on top of trends or actually be able to predict trends even. And that means we're feeding ourselves with lots of sources. I look at sources from two different angles that are my favorite ways of learning. Follow the master's across industries, not just in your industries. Yeah. Look at the trend makers. Look at you know what they're thinking about, talking about, obsessed about, what they're experimenting with. So follow the masters. And second is follow the money, meaning where's the investment capital going? Because if there's capital going into a certain type of technology or a certain type of business model or industry, you know that eventually that's going to become the norm. And if that trend disrupts your business, you got to think about how the money and the capital flow is going to change the nature of business. So follow the masters and follow the money. You're, you're bang on with that, Nikki. The, the reality is that we're watching a lot of money, a lot of the capital is moving into AI right now. So mm -hmm. we know that the, a lot of the thought leaders, the people that think about what the future is going to look like, they're saying that AI is the place to be. Obviously, we just finished discussing that as well. So all business people need to be mindful of the, the reality that it is going to be AI based. I appreciate you're not an expert in, uh, in AI and I know that uh, you've built a lot of businesses in your own right, but if you're building a business now in the services industry, uh, we even, you know, we talk about the law firm or the type of uh, coaching advice that you provide to people, uh, how is AI going to impact these types of businesses? Yeah, service-based businesses in particular are going to get affected significantly by AI. And, you know, one of the misperceptions and myths about AI or just this technology disruption is that, well, I'm not in the tech business, so it's not going to affect me. Or I'm not a techie. I don't know what to do about it. So somewhere between denial and inertia, it's kind of like, well, I, I'm safe in my little bubble, right? And, and I think that's a, a dangerous position to hold because the, the reality is that AI is growing at such a rapid pace that it's literally eating the world, right? So you have to get ahead of that. And for service-based entrepreneurs, it's particularly important to really look at their entire business model. And if you think of it like a workflow, if you think about the various steps in your business, whether it is acquiring customers, whether it is delivering the service or managing the operations, look at the entire workflow. Think about what can easily be done with an intelligent machine. So even if you're not implementing AI, recognize that someone somewhere is building something to do it faster, better, cheaper. There are so many services today, SaaS-based platforms and services that you can leverage to actually reduce your cost of operations. You could automate certain functions without having to build the technology yourself. I think that's the power of technology is getting democratized. So you don't have to be the one to invent it, but you should be the one to adopt it. And when you, as you look at automation of your workflow, focus your energy on really the high-end services and distinguishing yourself. As you mentioned, expertise is going to be really important, mm -hmm. but the world is going to be filled with so many experts that it's going to be very hard to figure out who to do business with, who to trust, and who is different from the other. So the value of personal brand has never been greater. And that's why your ability to be a true thought leader in industry influencers matters more than ever before. 
Yes, and that's absolutely the case. It's only going to become more so because, as you say, we're inundated now with uh, with information, and we're inundated with people that say that they're an expert in an area or have an understanding of the way things are going to be. And the reality is we need to be able to sort through that. And I think we're going to even use AI to do just that. Yeah. People will be using AI to sort through the list of experts that are there to arrive at an expert who is perhaps not using AI in the delivery of their expertise, but they're using AI to ensure that people can find them, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. You know, what's interesting about the world we're living in is it's almost creating so much confusion and chaos it's commoditizing a lot of different things. So there's more volume of everything, no matter where you look, you go on Facebook, there's, you know, 10,000 coaches pitching the same exact thing. Mm, exactly. You, know, you, you want to be in the B2B world and you're a service-based entrepreneur serving that. Well, there's a lot of companies and entrepreneurs and experts that look just like you. It forces us to really get focused on what we want to be known for. And you can really be known for something that you're not truly passionate about. So in some ways, the chaos is forcing a level of clarity for the individual. So if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to do it all and you're trying to serve everybody, the environment and the competition is going to force you to pick the one thing that you want to truly dedicate yourself to being number one in and being known for it. Your backstory is fascinating. I know uh, know a little bit about it. But how does a, a young woman from India come and carve out uh, this success for herself? I guess first we talked about in California and now Dallas. How do you do that? Yeah. What's your path to get to this point? You know, I, I think it looks a lot like a video game. You know, you start out at level one with a certain set of skills and tools and confidence level, and you keep hitting those obstacles, you keep hitting those obstacles, and you finally figure out how to get past them. And you get to level two, and then you realize, oh gosh, those obstacles just got bigger. So I better have again, better yes. skills, better strategies, and more confidence. And I think my journey has been exactly that. I mean, I came to this country with literally nothing other than big dreams and a suitcase full of unfashionable clothes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and what I have learned throughout my journey is that your ability to adapt to change and adapt to change fast, and which is why I really believe we're living in times where it's survival of the fastest, not just the fittest, right? And through each of those situations, I've looked at how can I take the situation I'm in as a learning opportunity and keep leveling up faster and faster. And that mindset of curiosity, humility, and constant learning is really what has helped me do that. So in addition to having success in my corporate career, I, at the height of my corporate career, let it go, started my own business, built that up after about 300 rejections, and just kept hearing no, 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 no. I mean, literally, I used to wake up every morning, you know, do my outreach, make phone calls, send emails, and end my day with, you know, about 50 no's a day. And it was just a really gut-wrenching process. And, you know, even after the opportunities did start to come my way, I failed 11 times consecutively. But the fact that I didn't give up and every time I failed, I went back to the client and asked for feedback and I said, what could we do better? How can we close the gap between what you really want and need versus what we're proposing? And that gap kept getting smaller. And after the 12th try, went on to build a multi-million dollar global business. And so each of these experiences has fundamentally taught me that our ability to not only overcome adversity, but to keep getting better and to have resolute focus on the customer and think about what they need before they ask for it is really what helps to set us apart. 
again, thinking ahead of the curve, right, or uh, trying to predict the future. So I hear from uh, what you just described there. I mean, one of the attributes is obviously tenacity. You know, you sort of kept working to determine the best way or best course of action. What's some guidance you'd give to a young woman or a young man that's uh, launching a business right now that is looking to grow it in the same fashion that you have grown your own? Three things, really, when I look at my experience, as well as having studied a lot of very successful entrepreneurs around the world, there are three things that absolutely stood out. Number one, clarity. You've got to have the clarity, not only on what makes you unique, what your unique competencies and strengths are, but more importantly, how they matter to the customers you want to serve whatever niche you want to serve, you've got to be absolutely clear. Just unbridled enthusiasm doesn't create a business. <laughs> you know, you've got to have clarity first. Once you have the clarity, it's great in theory, but nothing will work unless you take action and take massive action, which requires courage. So courage is number two of, you know, being, you know, stepping into the things that you're fearful about. And the specific tip that I would give when it comes to courage, and this is the same advice I would give to Fortune 500 companies in terms of innovation, make a big problem smaller. Oftentimes, we get overwhelmed by things we're fearful about because we make the problem bigger. When you make it really small and take tiny, tiny actions, even if you fail, your failure is tiny. And if you succeed, your success stacks up and it builds confidence. After courage comes conviction. It's one thing to take that first step but your ability to constantly have almost that habitual, you know, learning and adapting is what will help you succeed. I'm sure in your experience, you've had the same JP is that uh, the businesses that we first envision our original idea, oftentimes is not what the business ends up becoming about. You learn, you keep evolving, you keep iterating, you keep pivoting. But that takes the tenacity, the resilience, even the right mindset, most importantly, because it's very easy to say, why me? Or gosh, yet another no. Or why can't I just get a break? But your ability to stay focused, think of failure as feedback and keep going and keep improving. I think that process, if you get the clarity, courage and conviction, you will go beyond barriers. Yeah, those are the keys, as you say, and sort of very much from what we were discussing before is getting yourself through the maze or the sheer volume of others that might be out there. And clarity is going to allow you to get to that place or get them, get your message out in, in the right way. Some of the courage and conviction to bring it about. Yeah, we're living in uh, times where it's never been easier to become an entrepreneur in some ways. All you need is an internet connection and a website, and you can find uh, clients somewhere, especially a service-based entrepreneurs. It's extremely easy today because there's 4 billion people connected to the internet, and someone somewhere is going to have a need for you. But it also creates a different kind of challenge. That is, if it's that easy, there is no barrier to entry, which means if it's easy for you, it's equally easy for you know, a thousand other people just like you. So your ability to differentiate yourself and create more value and have an irresistible offer that stands out and a brand that stands out is what will allow you to sustain the business. It's easy to start. It's becoming a lot harder to sustain businesses. That's right. Yes. And you've built your own quite effectively. Let's talk, if you don't mind, uh, tell the audience a little a bit about your brand and how you've been building it and the type of things that you're working on now. 
my brand really got built as uh, I became known as the Darwin of the digital age, you know, because everything that I advocated for my clients and the innovation work that I did wasn't just about coming up with new product ideas and new service ideas. It was fundamentally about how do you innovate fast? Because today we have trillion dollar companies in the world, right? Well, the reason they're trillion dollar companies is because they have mass and velocity. Uh, they're huge size, but they also move fast. And for a lot of traditional companies, they have the size, but they just don't have the velocity. Mm-hmm. And I think the same is true for individuals. You can be super smart and you can be a great subject matter expert, but if you can keep uh, innovating fast enough and launching and executing fast enough, someone else is going to get ahead of you. So I think the idea of adapting to change and innovating fast is really what my brand got built upon. What I'm building today is a technology-based marketplace. Think of it like uh, Uber for coaching, connecting mentors and mentees through an online intelligent platform that allows the mentees to get the kind of expertise and content and resources that they need in order to be successful in their careers. And for mentors or coaches, one of the biggest issues that most coaches are having is they're all trying to build their own funnels. They're all trying to market by themselves. They're all trying to find clients one by one, whereas this allows them to do their life's work simply be the experts that they are without having to do the marketing, the selling, the operating and all of that. So it's a marketplace that connects the two. It's really accelerating success, not just for the coaches and mentors, but also for the mentees because they'll be able to find a lot of resources. So our mission is to really close the gender gap one leader at a time by helping women get resources that they need, but also create massive market opportunities for the coaches and experts that have so much to offer, but oftentimes are just not visible or seen in a busy uh, commoditized marketplace. Yeah, it's fair enough. And for some of the reasons we described previously, so how does the marketplace that you're building work? How does uh, either a mentee or mentor uh, get involved? The first step is, first of all, um, our podcast is really going to be sharing a lot of the strategies and the content to bring in the audience. What we have is a quiz uh, for the mentees that really measures their momentum. So it's based on you know a, a lot of research around success, uh, academic research around success that the quiz has 25 key factors that it measures. And based on that, it helps us pinpoint the exact challenges that the individual is faced with. What is holding them back? What are their obstacles or barriers? And then based on those specific uh, challenges, we then match them with the mentors and experts of the content that they need in order to get the help that they need. So it's very guided and specific and it's a very measurable success because they get measured before they start and they get measured as they're going through that process that shows them the momentum that has increased in their success. So it's all measurable. I assume you're using some technology uh, in this regard as well, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yes. it's a lot of technology in this. But you know, uh, much like service-based entrepreneurs that might be in your audience, you know, I've been in the service industry for a very long time, and as joyful as it is to have that one-on-one interaction with your client, those client relationships, and be the expert in the room who's helping them out, you also recognize that so much of what we do, there's a segment of what we do that is ripe for automation. But if you could dedicate more of your time to solving the really complex problems, 
that's a better use of your time anyway. And so that's for right. me, as I looked at my experience and thought about, well, what are the things that are worth actually being involved in versus the things that machines can do today? I had to rethink the entire business model. And instead of becoming the advisor or the consultant or the coach, I looked at how do you create a marketplace that creates opportunity for everybody involved. Yeah. So you built it that way. So what does the next three or five years look like for you? Building a billion dollar business. <laughs> That's the mission and really impacting a lot of lives, you know, around the world. So the next year, as we begin a new decade, stepping into 2020, the goal for next year is quite simply being able to successfully complete a beta launch, launch the platform and scale it up to get the initial sort of data and technologies validated because you can't scale unless you get all the fundamentals in place. So the test and learn mode is next year is all about test and learn and getting our stories and success stories out there. And from there, the goal is to expand not only in North America, but quickly uh, you know, expand into Asia and other regions that will help us reach large markets. You expect to have global reach here with this. And it only makes sense, as you say, that you know, the 4 billion connected people will be looking for something like this. How are you, how are you funding this? Or what is uh, the, uh, I mean, obviously some expense of getting uh, yourself to the spot where you become a global platform like this. What is it uh, looking like at this stage? And what does future funding look like for you? Yeah, I think uh, the fundraising is going to be a very important piece of this. I've been fortunate to be able to fund it myself with the initial part of it. But next year, as we get our beta done and get the business model fully validated, that's when we're going to go in for the formal funding rounds that will get us to scaling up for the first round. And then after that, it's really going to be you know going in for the Series B rounds after that as we uh, expanded more and more. Subsequent raises. Yeah. And, and I imagine a lot of the funding will be to get the word out as well, right? To uh, start uh, marketing this. I think that initially it's really getting, uh, in, in some ways, the core value prop of the marketplace is also the data itself. Because, you know, if we're connecting, if our audience could potentially be a billion people connected in the world, then that's a lot of data and intelligence that's coming out of that. That research insight is valuable as a product in itself right. to be able to study trends. And I know a lot of big corporations are interested in those kind of trends and data points. So, you know, having a world-class team as this grows and scales is going to be a big part of it. Obviously, being able to go to market in various places, you know, opening the footprint, the brand, the marketing, and the sales teams that are acquired in those regions, that's going to be a big part of it. And then the sustainable operations, because most of this is truly like a technology platform, but yes. Uh, the customer experience is what's going to distinguish it because, you know, simply the technology and the connection isn't going to be enough. Ultimately, it's going to be about the experience and the results that the customers get. Yeah, that's great. So 2020, we hear how we're in, in beta. How do people uh, follow your progress? How do people get involved at the appropriate time? Go to imbeyondbarriers.com. That's where all the magic is going to happen. So you're going to see a lot of uh, content and new offers and services coming out of that. Our goal is really to first create value for our community and learn from them about what they uh, want, what's working, and not just making them successful, but making them successful fast so they can get ahead of the disruption and learning what's working for coaches and experts to be able to plug into our system. The world is moving so much more towards a gig economy where there's freelancers and subject matter experts and coaches that are independent, but this gives them an opportunity to not only retain their own businesses, but also plug into a larger marketplace where they can connect with a much bigger audience without having to build the technology themselves. 
Right. So it'd be a way for them to leverage maybe some of the content or some of the things that they've developed as an expert in their own area. Again, going back to what we described yeah. before, but then a place to exchange and exchange with others as well. I'm sure they're doing similar things. Exactly. Because we're building an online academy where they'll be able to plug in their existing courses. So there's a lot of experts with amazing courses and content, but they're trying to build a one person funnel, right? So this is a way for them to plug in their expertise. And there's a huge demand for it because soft skills are now going to be the number one need for development. And so a lot of what um, our focus is, is uh, not so much about, we're not teaching technology skills, we're teaching all the skills you need in order to coexist with technology. Right. So it's creativity and it's about your confidence building skills, leadership skills, and so on and so forth. And there's lots of great experts and coaches out there being able to plug in their content into our academy gives them a ready audience and a revenue stream without having to do any of the work. Yeah, that's great. A lot of power from that, right? Or the power of, uh, of, of the platform that's being built. So Nikki, uh, I look forward to checking on the progress. You've got the podcast coming out as well. And uh, I guess a whole litany of other materials. You want to talk about some of the other uh, materials that you've got available for listeners if they're interested in seeking that out? Yes, absolutely. I, I think first off, following us on imbeyondbarriers.com is a great source. The podcast is going to be called Beyond Barriers, so that's a great source. The quiz is going to be available on the same site, so I'd welcome uh, the listeners to try out the quiz and see what their momentum metric is and specifically the challenges uh, that will help them identify how to overcome that. In addition to that, we have uh, conferences that are going to be designed for a live experience that connects you know, experts, bring together experts and that environment. And then finally, the academy that will be the online platform connecting it. Fantastic. And the the live experiences, are they online or in person? They're in person. You've got in person. And where are they scheduled? Where do you have those scheduled? I guess you've got them all around, but uh, you've got one coming up, right? Yeah, we've got one coming up and the next big one will be in New York. We'll have another one in San Francisco. So it's going to be a variety of locations uh, throughout places. But the key is to take this almost like the the uh, initial taste of all the things that you can get is live experiences, a snapshot of that. That's right. That's right. Uh, so you've um, yourself, I guess, India to California and now to Dallas. Yeah. Where are you, are you going to be in Dallas for a while? Or where's your next location to be? Hard to predict. You know, every time I've predicted I've go, I'm going to be in one place, I end up someplace else. So um, I see myself as quite the global citizen. I'm at home everywhere. And I travel so much that it really almost doesn't matter where home base is. But I've been fortunate to meet incredible people around the world who have friends all over the place and discover new cultures and cuisines everywhere I go. And, you know, California is always going to be a special place for me, just like you spend a lot of time there. You know, LA was home for a long time. And next stop who knows yeah exactly i mean the bay area is where i made my home and obviously there's always a calling and uh reasons and excuses to get back there and i'm sure that you're doing the the very much the same thing so i appreciate that as well so i mean we look forward to checking with your progress and having you back on the show of course we're here to support it as well knowing as lawyer and our audience are people that are growing and selling businesses themselves in their own right you've obviously done this a number of times in the past and coached others to get there and been recognized for doing so i just want to talk about some of the awards that you've won and maybe uh, give the audience some perspective as to what they are. I know that you won the Entrepreneur of the Year uh, by Ace, and you're named as an EY, a North America Entrepreneur Winning Woman as well. That's a, a pretty major award, isn't it? Yes, it is. In fact, full disclosure, when I got the call that I was uh, selected 
my first reaction is you must have the wrong number. (laughs) (laughs) Can you come again? (laughs) You know, I was so concerned that they did the wrong math and and somehow it doesn't make sense. It's imposter syndrome that every successful person deals with, right? That no matter how many achievements we have, it's always hard to fully accept that that is where you've arrived. And first off, I've been honored to get all of these recognitions and awards. And each one, I think, I've seen them as not only an acknowledgement of what it takes to get to that level, which is truly about team more than anything else. No one person can ever create success. It's always a great team that's behind that. And a great team doesn't always come together unless there's a big mission that guides them, you know, and having a clear mission, having a great team that is unified by that mission and, you know, being able to take massive action every single day, no matter what comes in your way, is really what these awards signify accomplishments of that. The unexpected benefit that came out of the award, which I could not have predicted, was visibility. The level of visibility you get through some of these major awards, it just shines a spotlight on you in in ways that you sometimes, frankly, are not even prepared for. I mean, you know, I've gotten to, you know, travel to Monte Carlo and meet with world leaders, some of the world's leading top CEOs in uh, think tank sessions with the world's top thought leaders and experts, been able to, uh, you know, be featured on Fortune, Forbes, Bloomberg, things like that. It's just mind boggling. I mean, including going to the Staples Center and walking on the court and getting the LA Lakers award. Those are things you just don't predict, but that's not a reason to build a business. It does acknowledge a moment of celebration and acknowledgement that, wow, you know, we've done all this stuff. But it comes with a tremendous sense of responsibility as well. Because when you have a platform to have a voice and you get that visibility, it's really important to know what you want to use it for. And it becomes uh, not just a privilege, but truly that responsibility to say, what do you want to stand for? And for me, it became very clear when I got that spotlight that I want to help more women achieve the same and rise up faster and unleash their full potential. Teach some of what you've learned and help others do the same thing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. So what are some of the ways you're able to do that? So that's what my current platform is about. That's where the idea really originated was coming out of that, of recognizing that the things that hold most entrepreneurs back or, or most people from even stepping into entrepreneurship, oftentimes it's just lack of clarity and confidence. And, you know, where our fears become so debilitating that an idea just remains an idea. Mm -hmm. And if we have exact strategies that allow us to make those big problems smaller and to uh, learn how to take intelligent action and keep adapting to change, that's really a process of innovation. It's the same exact thing that big companies do, trillion dollar companies use to innovate and come up with new products. It's uh, no different for a human being. It's the same process of innovating yourself. That's right. And, you know, from the way we began this conversation, getting the elephant running, right? It's, it's uh, to use the elephant analogy further, it's like taking one bite at a time, isn't it? Just one step exactly. at a time to start putting the, the things into place. Well, Nikki, really enjoyed our chat today. We'll put the, in the, the show notes uh, some of the ways to contact you and some of the uh, things that you described here. So uh, anybody listening, please do feel free to follow up with those. Uh, and we will certainly follow up with Nikki again in the, in the future to see the progress here and perhaps uh, support the platform, the other things she's working on. Nikki, as we leave these podcasts, I like to leave our audience with one one thing, one thing to take 
with them throughout the day, throughout the week, something to empower them to help move them move their business or their initiative forward. If I challenge you to leave them with one thing, and of course the one can turn into three if it needs to, but the, yeah. uh, if there's one thing you want somebody to take away from the podcast today and carry with them throughout the rest of the day, what would it be? Be clear about what you want to be known for. And one simple tip for doing that is most of us have LinkedIn profiles or our social media profiles. Think about what you truly want to be known for that's going to make you stand apart in a very, very crowded and competitive world. And then go ask 10 people that are your target audience to look at your profile without guiding them. Have them look at your LinkedIn profile. Have them read everything that is out about you on, uh, you know, on Google or on the internet and ask them what is the one word that they would use to describe you. And if those words are not the same or they don't match what you want to be known for, then you've got some work to do. I think a great starting point for establishing yourself and gaining visibility and building a personal brand begins with defining very clearly what your superpower is, but starting with a baseline of where it stands right now. Uh, that's wonderful advice. Getting the clarity, right? I think the, this will be the call the clarity episode because uh, there's certainly, that's right. Getting, making sure we're getting clear. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Nikki, thanks so much for your time today. We look forward to having you back and talking again in the future about how you're making out with all the initiatives we talked about today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a delight. Thanks for listening to The Millionaire's Lawyer. Please subscribe and rate on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. To get your business millionaire assessed and to access the wide variety of resources that we offer in addition to this podcast, go to jpmcavoy.com. That's jpmcavoy.com.